0: it's ryan grant green bay packers and i'd like to introduce the packers podcast
1: i am very excited i absolutely love the oh yes sir <laughs> with packer people 12 and big b big b nice to meet you big b social media fans if they traded up to get jordan love carry the g
0: it's packers legendary quarterback brett My myspace and the Cheesehead <laughs> tv common okay that, that's <laughs> just stupid it's will be awesome your names are awesome so everything else is good to go but let's uh let's have fun talking about packer stuff go pack go What is going on, everybody? It's Joey, or Packer People 12, and welcome back to the Underage Packers Podcast. As always, joining me is my co-host, Big B. How are you on this fine evening? I'm doing great. Uh, So today, we're pretty excited for our guest, someone who we've been watching for a while, someone who is really responsible for most of our Twitter followers. And there's even a rumor out there that Aaron Rodgers was named after him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Aaron Nagler
2: uh well uh, a i don't think that's true especially if you talk to ed and uh second of all um you're just kind of excited that's good I, i'm working up yeah. to really excited but it's kind of excited that's it's good I've, you know i'm kind of excited to be here as well
0: yeah good. not not don't want pretty to excited too, too kind tired. of
2: excited i don't want to blow it up too uh, too far out of proportion yeah
0: not getting too hyped uh all right but uh, we are hyped for this sunday not More than kind of excited Packers Vikings week one. So we really want to talk about you today. Aaron is um, looking back at that week 16 game, what happened there and what could go wrong? What could go different in uh, this Sunday's game? So, you know, that one was pretty much a domination. I don't think any of us felt really nervous past that first quarter after we got that lead back that we were going to win. The defense did great. The Smith bros uh, fantastic. I mean, the Vikings I looked back on and their longest drive was just over 30 yards so is there really any reason to believe that shouldn't happen again
2: well as Matt LaFleur would tell you it's a new year and uh, every week you're 0-0 and mm-hmm. you gotta get to 1-0 and um, it's interesting but I, I hear what you're saying in regards to not being nervous because I do during that game because I do think they played better overall just down in and down out, if you look at the flow of the game, there was no question the Packers were in control for the most part. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. there were you know, the big touchdown to Diggs, what have you. But for the most part, yeah, the Packers were the better team pretty much in every facet of that game. I will say, though, I, I'm not, I didn't quite share your uh, we got this attitude heading into halftime. They were down 10-9. Mm-hmm. Um, and they turned the ball over, what, three times in that first half. But the yeah. fact that they were that close still in the game – after having turned it over so many times, that's what gave you confidence, right? When I look at this game Sunday, whole new year, whole new squad, on both sides of the ball, I get that. But there is not one area where I look at it, and if you look at both games from last year and try to project out to what might happen on Sunday, there's no way I look at this and think the Packers don't have this. You know what I mean? Like, I think, especially because of the fact that there were three turnovers in that game, and they still won a couple scores you know that's that shouldn't happen in the NFL and uh, it most certainly did and I think that speaks to not only not only the discrepancy team talent wise and coaching wise between the teams last year but this year as well I I just see a team in the Packers that is really going to benefit from the continuity that they have uh, everywhere on their roster comparative to what the Vikings have and both teams trying to grapple with the offseason they're coming off of
0: yeah, I, I definitely think that both teams have, a, I guess, unexpected would be a good word for their moves <laughs> in the offseason. Okay. Uh, you know, the Vikings, they had 15 draft picks, 14, I believe, made the roster. They lost a lot of their stars just because, what were they at, like eighteen eight hundred thousand in cap Issues. room.
2: Issues yeah. in cap, no doubt.
0: Issues there. Uh, so they released Linval Joseph. They had to trade Stephon Diggs, get rid of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. And you look at the Packers, and that's – Really the opposite. I know, obviously, they couldn't bring back Brian Balaga. They did sign Kristen Kirksey and Rick Wagner. But the Vikings, their big key is going to have to be their rookies. You know, they got that rookie, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Who I
2: really like, by the way. Uh, I think he could be a problem for years to come. Like, Mm -hmm. who knows after this weird offseason, the limited amount of time he's had on the football field with this team. But I really like him.
0: Just from looking at wide receivers, especially, you know, I was – at the combine there and had our eyes on wide receivers, not necessarily quarterbacks. Right. Uh, but do you think really, will Justin Jefferson be able to have that impact in week one or obviously ex- he's expected not to just because of what you mentioned, the short offseason, not too much time. Uh, do you see Matt LaFleur worrying about Jefferson and Gladney?
2: Uh, not so much worrying. I mean, they're going to run their stuff regardless. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, I, everything you look at when it comes to the idea of a rookie wide receiver dominating is, you know, kind of ludicrous with this setup, with what they're coming off of, etc. Mm-hmm. But, man, if the history of the Packers and the Vikings, and obviously Randy Moss plays a big part of this, but if it has told you anything, it's like surprises happen all the time. And Jefferson coming out on Sunday and having a monster game against the Packers secondary, which is very athletic, very youthful, very full of talent, but you got to think Jair Alexander is going to draw a feeling, right? You would expect that in most cases. Now, obviously it won't be that every down in and down out, but most cases. Then you turn around and you think, okay, so probably if there's two wide receivers on the field, Kevin King is going to draw Jefferson, and I'm not saying that this rookie is going to take advantage of King, but if we've seen anything from King as far as down-in and down-out coverage, it's, it's an inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So I would think, for the most part, King should be able to lock him down, but who knows if Jefferson starts cooking and starts getting in his head a little bit and starts having some success. We've seen King have bad games. So, <laughs> I, I, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, obviously King's going to have trouble with this rookie. I don't think that is the case, but history will tell you that not only immediate history, but long-time history with two, between these two franchises will tell you that anything is possible.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, you look back at that Week 2 game at Lambeau where our biggest problem was secondary. Kevin Keen and Jair Alexander, I specifically Absolutely. remember. Jair uh,
2: had, had one he should have picked off in the end zone, that yeah. bomb to Diggs, mm-hmm. uh, where King, they, they went to the line quickly, and King is out of position, and Jair comes over. I think they're playing cover three there, and King and Jair comes over. He should have had him a pick there and Diggs gets a big touchdown instead. So yeah, I mean, that's what I mean when I say, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility.
0: Also, I can't remember if it was maybe a savage injury that had Kintrell Bryce starting that safety. So that wasn't the best situation for the Packers um, moving on. Let's talk. So Brian Balaga, the big controversy here around uh, the right tackle, right guard, obviously Billy Turner was back at practice today, but I think you tweeted this on your Twitter. Uh, who do you see at right tackle? And also bringing in Yannick Nguake there. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. probably not pronouncing that right.
2: And Gokwe uh, is, is as close as I can get. That's, all right. <laughs> you're probably correct for all I know.
0: Yeah, so the defense line is obviously always going to be a problem with the Vikings. They lost two of their big guys this year, and obviously now Daniel Hunter on IR. But what do you expect to see this Sunday at, on the right side of the offensive line?
2: See, that's the thing. I mean, who knows where Billy's trending, right? I mean, I know Rob's initial report for ESPN was that he was expected to miss week one. And I don't think we've seen anything that would suggest otherwise. And I know, like you said, he may be back at practice, but that doesn't mean we don't know. The injury report isn't out yet. So we don't know if he, it's one thing to be there at the early part when the media is allowed in, where they see guys partaking in, group sessions, whatever, drill, it's mostly drill work. But anytime they do any legit team stuff, that's after the media has left. So mm-hmm. for all we know, Billy could have been running through the paces, whatever, and then dropped out and or been relegated uh, once team began. So I still think the best, probably the best uh, bet there is Wagner taking over that spot, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. discount the idea. And I know we've heard this floated around a couple different places now, Uh, Of Elton Jenkins popping out there to right tackle. I know that's something that they are not afraid to do. And if they determine, I mean, they being Matt Lafleur and his coaching staff, but if they determine that you know that's the best course of action, they think that gives them the best chance, then they'll do that. And I don't think Packers fans should worry about you know the ripple effect there because uh, Patrick, who would have to probably come in at left guard if Patrick if Elton kicks out to right tackle. He showed out last year on more than one occasion, whether it was center or guard. So um, I'm not too worried about it, actually, especially now that Daniil Hunter's on IR. Uh, Mm -hmm. If it had been Hunter and Ingonquay on obvious passing downs, that probably would have been a little bit worrisome. But for the most part, I think, you know, with Hunter gone, uh, the Packers, uh, especially with Ingonquay, normally lining up over on the right side against David Bakhtiari, no crowd noise to deal with. Mm -hmm. That should be an okay thing situation for the Packers
0: yeah I definitely think Elton Jenkins was one of the reason they uh, supposedly drafted him in the second round so high was his just his versatility uh, right 100%
2: I mean don't forget his whole senior year he played center Mm you know but he has played literally all five positions
0: yeah so that's a big step up for us and uh another player we're hoping to step up this year is not only Josh Jackson but let's talk about Jamal Williams Bigby
2: yeah oh yeah this is Maybe, yeah, i've been waiting i've been waiting buddy hell yeah
0: do you have your sign with you i think we need to show all the people this uh, no
1: it's in my closet i can um do you want to want me to get it i can go get it well yeah you
2: gotta get it what what are we yeah. even doing all here right, if you don't get right. it all right i mean right. look let me let me just say this let me let me just tell you this right now i have i have never met someone more dedicated to a single player like I have seen people dedicated to teams like this before but this man in Big B as dedicated as he is to Jamal Williams is so impressive look at this Jamal Williams is the goat the goat wait what? have you brought that to Lambeau what have you brought that to Lambeau at all
1: nope
2: you gotta get you got that's gotta happen but obviously <laughs> not this year um yeah. but but when he returns on a visiting team, then you mm-hmm. can bring it. Oh, shit. I just went there. Sorry. The lions. <sighs> yeah. No. yeah.
0: You know, after
2: <laughs> that's good.
0: That's Susanna's right. joke when we were doing trivia was fantastic. I mean, that wasn't <laughs> scripted at all. She just brought that up about what did Jor- she
2: say? I missed it.
0: Uh, she said, uh, we, it was, if Susanna got it right, uh, Jordan love would be popping up. If, Big B got it right, Jamal Williams pop up, and she said, you see those two guys on screen, and she said, one of them's going to be there next year.
2: Oh, damn. Boom. Ice cold from Susanna. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: You know, after spending hours with Big B on Zoom, the one thing, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it gets really annoying. But then, you No, you, what? You what
2: are you talking about? Never, never. You
0: just see the truth. You see the true passion in him. And the true love. I love it. We actually, Jamal, we got, well, I got chastised by Jamal for spelling his name wrong on Instagram. Yep. But
2: Don't do it, dude. You got to get those two A's. Gotta yeah. do those two A's will trip you up. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Wait, I got to ask Big B a question. Big B, what was the genesis of this? I'm sure you've told this story before, but I have not heard it. What, how did you become the Jamal Williams super fan?
1: All right. Um, well, I uh, liked him during the draft process. Um and the Packers got him, of course, and then the game. I think it was the Cleveland game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's when I absolutely wide play
2: open play. on that initial drive. Yep. That yeah, play, yeah, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. That play. That's awesome. Love you it. Have I love it.
0: Jamal fan page for like three years now.
2: Yep. Yeah, Wait, you have it. a Jamal fan page? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh I my do. gosh. Uh, I'm going to need it's you guys definitely. to send me the link. I, I, I love it. I'm I, love uh, that. I mean, if that, you thought his Cleveland. main
0: Instagram was good. <laughs> and all, like this is another level
2: that cleveland game was amazing by the way like because close. remember that was they were under they were they hadn't won a game and it was all, all the pressure on the packers to win and they go to overtime whatever but literally outside the press box window there were fans getting naked like stripping <sighs> down like cleveland fans who were just like oh, fed my. up with uh, the team and the losing, whatever they were, stri- they were literally folks stripped down to their underwear. It was amazing. It was, oh my god, uh, men and women, like indiscriminate, like uh, uh And and it was that was a late season game. It was cold, uh, mm-hmm. amazing, just an amazing scene. Incredible yeah, that
0: scene. was wow. an interesting game to say the least. <laughs> the, yes, I, the Although one Devante thing remember, Adams
2: with the lock off. Yeah, that's the exactly tunnel, what I was about to bring up. Amazing, so just, that an outstanding moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, but let's talk about the goat, though. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Seen him praised for him on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, (laughs) I definitely want to ask Big B. uh, You've been paying more attention to than anybody to his videos. He's been posting with Luke Neal. I mean, you were. I think you were the really the founder of Luke Neal's popularity here in (laughs) uh, East Headland. Probably. Uh, so, So, what do you think from your just your experience of studying Jamal? um and from just watching his clips this offseason where do you see uh him helping out in the passing game
1: um he is going to be everywhere he's going to catch everything and he is going to be goat status this entire season goat. i don't even know what
2: that means status. But... <laughs> it doesn't matter what it means dude exactly it doesn't matter
0: exactly but it's gonna happen
2: That's yes correct I...
0: I think we got we do got to talk about that running back game. Uh, as we're on the topic of Jamal Williams, let's also bring up, you know, A.J. Dillon and Tyler Irvin, especially at camp. Um, the Vikings, it should be an interesting game. Aaron Jones, 154 yards in that week, 16 match. Uh, so do you think it's going to be more similar of a lot of Aaron Jones, or do you think they'll go out week one here, obviously, not expect to see A.J. Dillon too much? Um, what do you think they'll – do a little bit more out there.
2: I think they will throw a bunch of two back stuff at them with mm-hmm. both Jones and Williams. Uh, you look back at that week two game and some of the most effective stuff they ran was especially that early drive where uh, they really marched right down the field. And, you know, they used Aaron Jones as both a primary receiver out of the backfield and, you know, coming in motion and then throw it to him. And then they utilized that same motion later on, to draw linebackers out and then ran the screen to Williams for the touchdown. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, Mm. I, I don't doubt for a moment that Rogers is, is sincere when he, the things he said on the McAfee show about Jamal Williams, because look, I was there for two and a half weeks and I can confirm what he's talking about. As far as he looks like a different player, like the fluidity, the idea that he can get vertical on some of these passing concepts rather than just, horizontal or as a dump-off guy, check-down guy. He could be a legitimate weapon in the passing game. And I know people are going to poo-poo it. People are going to be dismissive of it. But I'm telling you, he looks different. And I'm excited to watch how they utilize both of those guys. Because, look, I think A.J. Dillon, his time will come. There's zero doubt that they've got him there as a, uh, a guy they can bring along. There's no reason to try to, like, force him into the lineup. But these two guys, I think they'd really complement each other well, and I think the Packers mm-hmm. are going to find really interesting ways to use them both on Sunday.
0: Yeah, an- another uh, interesting development from camp is Tyler Irvin playing at wide receiver and running back. Most, were most See, of the fact that receivers? you
2: know that he ran at wide receiver is literally the whole reason, not you specifically, but that the general public knows it, is the whole reason that t- our tweets got shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, after that first day, I'll never forget. I got a, I got a couple texts from people not just and, I, and like, I know uh, I have an ongoing kind of joking feud with Packers PR, but not Packers PR, like literally in football operations and football personnel who are like, I can't believe in people put out there about the thing about, he was running a wide receiver. And I said, well, of course they did. You ran a wide receiver in front of a whole group of reporters. Of course they're going to do that. Like blah, 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 blah. And then literally two days later, they shut it all down. So, um, yeah, Tyler Irvin's gonna be a lot of a lot of fun this mm-hmm. year is all I, I can say.
0: Was he taking most of his stamps at wide receiver?
2: I cannot say, sir. I cannot say, come on, I can't tell you. Come on. Well, I can't you everything tell me. I we saw have... while I was there on that credential <laughs> has to be adhered to. And hey, you guys know I literally said something as a joke, which was true, but I said it as a joke on my on my stream. While I was in Green Bay, I literally got a text from Packers PR like five minutes later, going, "No, you can't do that." Like they watch everything. They're going to be watching this pod, dudes. I'm telling you.
0: I hope. I mean, we have Mark Murphy is guesting us every week, so can can you comment on that, Mark?
2: Um, that's up to
0: Brian. <laughs> up, Brian. Okay. <laughs> yes,
2: of course. There you go. <laughs>
0: thanks. Thanks for the comment. So,
2: thank you. Thank you, Mark.
0: It should be interesting for Irvin, definitely. Uh. I know I run him at wide receiver sweep all the time in Madden. Uh, Well, Hey,
2: it's really effective, right? Yeah. Get outside right there. I love it. Lombardi would
0: love it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So do you think, do you think we're going to see more of that, of him lining up that wide receiver? Yes.
2: Yeah. We'll see him all over the place. We'll see him. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I keep saying is like, I don't expect him to be utilized a ton. I don't think we should all of a sudden expect him to be a fantasy darling or anything, but, I do think we're going to see him utilized more and more uh, much more than we saw last season. I think what we saw last year was very much the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, as far as how they can utilize him either out of the backfield at wide receiver in the slot, even lined up in line sometimes. And then on the, one of those flat routes where then he catches it on a screen and then turns it up, you know, I, I think they're going to, they're going to use him in as many different ways as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm really excited for that. Just, uh, how our offense going to work? Obviously, we haven't had any preseason to see them. So, to see what Matt Lafleur runs out there, you, you know uh, more than us.
2: Well, I don't know about all that. But uh, I think we're going to see something a lot more efficient than what we saw last year. Uh, mm. The thing that I think defined the team last year was how they played below their talent level. I think there was a lot mm-hmm. of talent on that team. And you saw them never play even close to a 60-minute game. You know, like each and every week there was some stretch where it was just hard to watch. And I think there will be less of that this year. I think, obviously, I think that's inevitable in the NFL where you do have stretches where you just can't get out of your own way or you struggle or what have you. But I think for the most part, there's going to be a lot less of that. And I think a big part of that is the fact that they have so many of the same pieces back. They have a second year in the system. You have a coach and a quarterback who – very much so appear to be on the same page. Uh, I just think the maturation of the entire process is only going to help and play out as we
0: wrap it up. Cause we only have eight minutes left. So Let's do it. I, I know big B has some personal questions, uh, personal questions.
2: They better yeah, not be personal little, questions. Yeah, if this is about Olive's dog, you can stuff it.
0: <laughs> no, it, well, no, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll write that off the script. I uh, so, so big boy B. How about you go with your your personal question? All right.
2: Oh God! Now I'm scared. What is this is, the, this? is the toughest part of the entire interview? Wait, go ahead.
1: Favorite Queen song and member. Ooh,
2: damn! See now, speaking of Olive, this would be in her wheelhouse because she is obsessed with Queen, much like you are, Big B. She loves Queen. Um, like, and this is long before Bohemian Rhapsody came out as a film. Like she was, she's an OG Queen fan, like from birth. And I don't, I have no idea how that happened. Like I'm a huge Depeche Mode, like Tears for Fears, very much 80s new wave stuff. Like that's what I'm obsessed with. She's all about Queen. I have no idea how that happened. Um, favorite Queen song? Uh, I gotta go, I gotta, there, it's, it's neck and neck between Don't Stop Me Now, which is obviously a bit of chalk. Mm -hmm. and Body Language, which I think is a bit more of an obscure track that maybe not a lot of people know, Uh, both for different reasons. I think uh, Don't Stop Me Now is brilliant because I throw it on DJ sets all the time and it it just always brings down the house and people get so happy. It's just one of those songs where if you hear it, you are instantly happy Mm -hmm. and it instantly lights up a room and everyone gets in. Like It's not a question of like, oh, I'm too cool for that. No one's too cool for don't stop me now like it just doesn't exist in the human genome uh but then in body language i will never ever 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 forget uh with my buddy brian uh back when i was i want to think like fourth grade fifth grade something like that when that album came out and brian's older brother brought it back from the record store and put it on vinyl we we gathered around to listen to the album because we were so excited about it and that song came on and it absolutely blew my mind. And I listen to it now and I'm like, it's a little cheesy and it's a little dated, whatever. But at the moment, like it made such an imprint on me. So those are the two queen tracks that really kind of rule my world. As far as favorite member, uh, it's gotta be Freddie Mercury. Come on. For, if for no other reason than his moment at live aid, when he had that crowd in the palm of his hand, eating like putty, like when he's singing and they're responding you cannot beat that moment. Can't do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that pass the test, Big B? Is he a certified yes. fan? All yes. right. Well, you're talking about '80s music. You've obviously watched uh, quite a bit more Packers Vikings games than us. So we want to ask <laughs> you: what uh, we're going to go around? What is your most memorable Packers Vikings game? Doesn't I have an idea? I know what the answer is going to be. Uh, It doesn't have to be a good memory, a bad memory, but what is your favorite Packers Vikings memory?
2: See, this is what sucks is it's a bad memory. Like, and I'm not joking. Like, uh, Randy Moss's rookie year. Corey and I were uh, at North Carolina School of the Arts, and Corey was ahead of me at school because I had taken a few years uh, to Paul first, and then took a couple years off, and then I went to North Carolina. So I was older than Corey, but he was ahead of me. But... I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget Randy Moss's first game at Lambeau Field. It was on a Monday night game. It was a Monday night game, and I had rehearsal that night. And so I couldn't watch it live. But a buddy of mine taped it. And we had – and this is before Twitter, before social, Mm -hmm. so I had no idea. So I was able to kind of just go to rehearsal and shut off and, like, just not know what was going on. We had arranged – after my rehearsal, he would tape the game and then deliver it to me at a specified spot. It was a parking lot at the Haynes Mall in Winston-Salem. And so we drove up. And he, I was not allowed to look at him. The, our, the agreement was because if I saw his face, I would know the outcome yeah. of the game. Like, it's just we're friends, right? I, uh-huh. I wouldn't know. I would just know. So the deal was I drove up into a designated spot. And he, I rolled down the window without looking. He dropped the videotape into my lap. I rolled up the window and I drove away. So I go home. So that happened. I drive home and I lived alone and I put in the videotape. I got my beer and I'm like, all right, let's say, let's watch a Packers win here. And the game unfolds and you can watch it on YouTube. Imagine 20 something Aaron sitting there going I, I started fast forwarding. I never fast forwarded games other than the commercials. I fast forwarded drives because I was like, this is, this is a night. This has got to get better. Uh-huh. And it just kept getting worse. And it was like, Randy again, Randy again, Randy again. It was a fucking nightmare. And at that point it was like, wait a second. This kid is here for the next eight, nine, 10 years. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? It was the worst night, the absolute worst night as a Packers fan during that period. And unfortunately, if I think Packers Vikings, it is absolutely the one memory that dominates my thinking, my brain. When I think about that rivalry.
0: Fortunately, mine has to be a, a bad memory too. It's, and it has a <laughs> little bit more of a story. It's the it,
2: Vikings. But... So of course it is. Yeah.
0: yeah it's a uh, week six, 2017. And it, oh, obviously it's Game Rogers gets hurt, but it's even more of memory because I was set to go to that Saints game the very next week. Big B was oh, there also, so just watching it oh, at home, uh was definitely did not expect that. <laughs> just had to bring a new school moment into it.
2: Well, of course. What about yeah. Big B? What's your what's your Packers Vikings moment?
1: Um, for some reason it's I think it was 2015, when the Vikings clinched the North. Oh, I Jesus. I think it was like week 17 or something. Right. I don't know why that game just Eddie sticks up to me, but it was, yeah. That <laughs> game it was me.
2: hell on earth. I will say my honorable mention, it's not a – the problem is, is like the good Vikings moments have nothing to do with the Vikings because mm-hmm. that's, of course, how horrible they are as a franchise. But um, one of the greatest moments in Packers-Vikings ever in the history of the Hundred years of the Green Bay Packers is the Packers beating up on the Broncos in Lambo, uh, and then the Vikings losing to the Arizona Cardinals in the desert, and Lambo absolutely going insane. I was at, I was in Lambo when that happened, mm-hmm. when Nate Poole caught the miracle catch to knock the Vikings out of the playoffs, and for the Packers to clinch the division. That is one of, if not the greatest moment I was ever present for. It was magical it was absolutely magical so it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to Packers' fight
0: yeah and i think you told that story to us on a patreon zoom and with that Mm -hmm. i think you guys gotta get on the cheesehead tv patreon and that's what we're about to go do we gotta wrap this episode up so head over to cheesehead tv on uh, their website their youtube uh follow us on twitter instagram and our website uh thank you aaron for coming on it was definitely a kind of exciting time
2: Kind of exciting. You know, it's kind of fun. It's yeah. just a little bit of fun. Just a little kind bit. Of, kind of okay. Anyway. It was great. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much. We'll see you later.